Did the Utah Jazz make a good deal? What comes next with this roster as it sits? Does the cap space give the Jazz more flexibility? And what about Jordan Clarkson re-signing? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Friday edition of Locked On Jazz for the 10th of February, and that means that we are doing hashtag AskLOJ. Your great questions are coming in. We'll get to all of them. Everything you want to know about the trade, the final valuation, how did the Spurs get what they got, did we miss the boat, Mike Conley, draft picks, Westbrook, Clarkson, Juan Toscana-Anderson, Damian Jones, all the rest of them. Uh, and what we expect out of these guys and what we're going to see out of them uh, and other questions coming up all on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? That's not the spot for it. We got to go put it back up top. I think it's got to go back up top. Uh, we're just trying to figure things out this week, trying to make a little change. Uh, change is hard. Uh, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on every podcasting app. We're on YouTube. You can join the Locked on Jazz community and be a part of it and interact with all of our other good friends out there. All right, the dust has settled. The trade deadline is in the books. Let me give a quick evaluation. Uh, eight first-round draft picks were traded. That's it. Uh, eight million second-round draft picks. Um, eight first-round draft picks were traded. Five of the eight went to the Brooklyn Nets for Kev, four for Kevin Durant, one for Kyrie Irving. Uh. Portland uh, got a first-round draft pick for Josh Hart, which was a great grab by Portland. Um, protected, but still a great grab. The steal of the trade deadline, in my opinion, is San Antonio got a lottery-protected first-round draft pick for Jakob Pertl from Toronto. I think that's San Antonio probably pulled off the best trade of anyone. And then the Jazz got a 2027 first-round pick uh, for... The uh, for the you know for the collection of players that they moved. As we talked about on yesterday's show, what the Jazz did is they took all their second round picks, put them together, and got themselves an unprotected or lightly protected first round pick. That's the play they made. Um, I think it's a really smart play. If you and and I'll I'll further this research over the weekend and have it for you because I I'm not done with it. I'm about eight years in. If you go through the second round and really dig into the second round, there's about six players a year in the second round that become rotation players. This is I'm gonna I'll finalize this. And then of those six that become rotation players at some point in time, there's actually only about three of them that hold, right? So some guys become a rotation player. Like Sabian Lee became a rotation player. He's now basically out of the game. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker 
was a rotation player for the Lakers and now is a rotation player for the Jazz. Like, but we'll see. Like, this is a big stretch for Talon's career to see whether he can hold that. I think he's probably talented enough to do it. Other guys kind of will get a two-year run as a second-round draft pick, and then they don't hold. So, quite honestly, it's about 20% of second-round picks become rotation players. And then about 10% of them, I'm, I'm overgeneralizing, actually hold as long-term important rotation players. First-round picks, after 11, it's like 50% become rotation players, but a lot of those guys become like bona fide starters. There's not a lot of second-round draft picks that become like bona fide starters. Like there's just, the league actually drafts very well. So second-round draft picks were flowing. The Jazz probably could have got seven or eight second-round draft picks if they put all their guys together. The other one is second-round draft picks that are in the 30s, early 30s, are vastly different than second-round draft picks that are post, like, 45, right? So if you actually look, like, over the last three years, there have been, I think, about five guys past 45 that have become uh, valid rotation players. Maybe. Like, kind of, sort of rotation players. Um, you know, Terrence Mann is legit. Like, that's like that's a bona fide second-round pick that, that hit. Like, that, that would be an example of, of a bona fide second-round draft pick that, that hit along the way. So I, I still think that the draft, the, the getting the single pick is a great success. Um, because I just the upside's so much higher, and we also have so many picks at this point that the, the collection of second round, cheap second round picks is not really what we need. Here's the next one. With life without Mike Conley. It's interesting. We're five points better when he was on the floor than when he was off the floor. We're 2.7 points worse when he's on the floor defensively this year. We were 5-8 and eight in games in which he didn't play. However, this is the however. That is, those five wins without Mike Conley are Memphis without John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Indiana without Maurice Thibel. Golden State without Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And a legitimate win over Orlando. So... This could be tough. And then we could actually all discuss whether it's advantageous to be tough at this point. I mean, there's, I don't know. We got 25 left. Like, are we about to embark on 5 and 20? Are we about to embark on 10 and 15? Are we about to embark on, I'm not sure. I don't think 5 and 20 is completely out of the realm of possibility here. Um. I think 15 and 10 is out of the realm of possibility, probably. Um, Mike's really been the thread that held the fabric together. What's ironic about this, I'm not, though, boy, I'll tell you what, the stories about D'Angelo Russell are incredible, and boy, did Minnesota ever play the other night like they were excited to have him gone. Um, I'm not as convinced as everyone else that this is going to be a huge uptick for Minnesota. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed to say that. I picked Minnesota to be number one in the West this year. Um, and I'm always rooting for Mike and Rudy. I, we'll see. Maybe when Cat comes back, Mike will actually unleash Cat a little bit. Um, I'm just not. I ranked the West last night. And there's a lot. Hey, you're not putting anything in stone. And there's a lot of flexibility. But I actually still had Minnesota's 10th. 
which would be, you know, if the Jazz get a first-round pick and then don't hurt their first-round pick and help their draft position, that is quite a draft asset adjustment. All right, let's get to uh, your questions. You guys submitted them. You guys are great. I always appreciate it. It's kind of one of my favorite shows. We don't do it every week, but we do it most weeks. So let's get it started here. Um, There seems to be mixed reviews on the Jazz return on the Conley trade. Was a part of the trade to get worse in the immediate term. Also, what exactly about Mike makes him an incredibly respected among players? Is it really just that he's such a nice guy? I think he's authentic. He's just a real. He's just real. Um, and I think that that's it. And he is. He's just a normal. I mean, the conversations that I had with Mike this year just, which don't need to be shared because they're private conversations but that's like my point they're private conversations like you can have a real private conversation he was an adult he's 35 years old he's an adult um and so he's just a he's just a really great guy um you know i i'm a little bit on the school here like when i hear there's mixed reviews about the picks i'm having a hard time with who's telling me like what the mixed review is what we should have gotten more for those four players. Okay. I have, maybe we overvalued some of our own players a little bit. I look around the landscape of the draft of what the trades were. feel like it adds up a little bit. Um, like, I don't think, you know, just like for a thought here and I'm not trying to be critical at all, but like just when we're talking about who our players are, like, I don't think Malik is going to start for the Lakers. I don't think Vando is going to start for the Lakers. Mike Mike will start for Minnesota certainly, but Mike's thirty five. Um, like, will any of? I assume Mike will close in Minnesota. Maybe not though, uh, with Kyle Anderson and Anthony Edwards and Jalen McDaniels and Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, maybe he won't. Um, so we traded. Like, I don't, we didn't trade. Mike's not an all-star anymore. Like, I love him, but he's not an all-star anymore. He's 35. So, we traded really good players. Great shooter in Bees. Great energy guy in Vando. But, like, what did we... Like, so we traded two rotation players and then Mike, who's, like, on a back step of... The backside of his career, former high-level starter. Right? I don't know. When I look around the rest of the NBA... And I look at what the everyone just got on the trade deadline and seems as like the Jazz, that seemed pretty good, right? Like, go find starters that got traded or rotation players that got traded and what did, what did, what did you yield, what did they yield and then tell me whether the Jazz, whether those things are equal to or not. That, that would be the way I would look at it if you're evaluating this trade. Uh... How come the Spurs got a first and a second in the Pirtle trade? And um, I would have thought Mike Bees and Vando would have gotten similar. All right, so, um, well, again, honestly, like, so Pirtle's a starter, so that's, like, but I think this was the steal of the the draft. I'm stunned by this deal. I I give the Spurs great credit. I think the Spurs had the best trade deadline of anyone because of this deal. And I'm a little surprised Toronto did it. Can you walk through the reasons why you would buy out Russell Westbrook and how much does it cost? So here's how a buyout works. 
So you're either just going to give Russell Westbrook the rest of his salary for the year and just tell him to go move on, and then Russell Westbrook goes and signs with Chicago Clippers or whoever else he's going to go sign with, and he gets to double dip. Or, and, and, and that might be the likely case scenario here. The other one is that you go to Russell Westbrook and you say, hey, you probably don't want to be here. We're not in the same stage of where you want to be and where, where we're going. And so how about you, uh, we'll, we'll pay you all but what you're going to get from Chicago, L.A. or wherever you end up, and you'll just be made whole with that deal. The reason to buy at Westbrook is that you're just not, there's no value in having Russ play for us right now for the development of our players or for us to discover things. He's not going to be part of the future, and he probably wouldn't be that fired up to be here. There is somebody in the, in the questions who are like, hey, w- wouldn't it be really fun to watch him? Like, yeah, it would be because he plays really hard, and it would be quite an experience um, to watch him. There's always this perspective, which I thought was funny. Uh from a points game perspective, wouldn't we actually lose more games with Westbrook? Nice. Nice, nice little shot there. I I, I appreciate shots like that. Uh, more coming. Uh, cap space, what now, Clarkson, things of that nature. It is Locked on Jazz today, brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. Also located in Logan and in Linden, the Hyundai lineup of cars is just remarkable. Uh, From the Palisade all the way down to the little cone on the SUVs, I'm driving the Santa Cruz. I've gotten stopped more times recently. The Santa Cruz is kind of like a pickup, like a car with a pickup truck bed. Or it's a pickup truck with a car. It's kind of a hybrid sports utility fun vehicle. It's got the back bed, throw your stuff in. It's got four uh, seats in it. Uh, Drives really well. It's got a little uh, 2.5 turbo engine that powers it up the canyon uh, really nicely. It's been fun. Uh, Go check it out at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. The great SUV lineup, the Elantra and the Sonata are the sedans, and we'll make sure you get a VIP treatment. So make sure you email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com so that can set you up with Cam or uh, Jake or whoever it might be to give you the VIP treatment that you get from Locked On. That's Murdoch Hyundai. Stop by. Visit. Say hi. Let us make sure you get a great experience. Today's show is also brought to you by Rocket Money. I was actually on a call with a financial advisor and pulled up my Rocket Money account the other day to try to answer one of the questions that they had for me about our spending tendencies. That's what Rocket Mortgage, or Rocket Money is kind of cool. It used to be Truebill, um, and we talked to you a lot about the personal finance app that is Truebill and now to cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Also monitors your spendings, helps you lower your bills, all in one place, checks so you can really see what you're doing. Um, From a subscription standpoint, over 80% of people have forgotten about uh, a subscription they have, and this is a chance for you to save a bunch of money. Rocket Money quickly and easily identifies your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscription you don't want, press cancel, and Rocket Mortgage will cancel it for you. You no longer hold uh, time have hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button. Over 3 million people have saved with Rocket Money for an average of $720 a year. Also, fabulous on just organizing your spending, checking your spending, and monitoring what you're doing. It's all over at Rocket Money. Let's continue with the Ask LOJ questions today. Really, you guys, I am always so, I love the show. I'm so impressed every single time. Uh, and even like the petty little humor. All right. 
Uh, this one comes in from Brad. Why did the Jazz not move Olenek? Um, I think this is kind of an interesting, bigger picture question. Like, so the Jazz moved Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jared Vanderbilt, and uh, Mike Conley, and they got a first-round pick, unprotected, uh, protected one through four. And then they didn't move Jordan Clarkson, and they didn't move Kelly Olenek, and it's really clear to me that if they'd wanted to move either of those guys, that they could have for a cadre of second-round picks. And this actually holds consistent to everything the Jazz have done so far. Um, again, I think we could have a... I really think Mike was the thread that held the fabric together for this roster. So I really do think we could have a tough next 25 games. Um, from a win-loss standpoint. Not from a development standpoint. Not from an interest standpoint. Not from an entertainment standpoint. Just from a wins-loss standpoint. And frankly, that might be fine, as I've said. And it... You know, I wouldn't start jumping and deciding, well, Hardy can't coach and all. Like, I would remember all the things I remember at this day. The, But what's interesting about that is that the Jazz have not made a single trade to try to force an outcome yet. They have not made a single trade out there that, like, is a tank trade. Kevin Belton has given the Jazz basically an A- minus or better on, I think, or B-plus or better on every single trade they've made. So the Jazz have yet to be the team where someone's calling and saying, Hey, I know you're unloading all your players, so can we just have Kelly Olynyk? Can we just have Jordan Clarkson? The Jazz haven't done that. I think that's actually important. One, I think it means it makes it very good for them to deal in the future. But I also think like they're very consistent in what the vision and the vision is to be as good as they you know to try to win a championship, and that's to make you know a move like trading Mike Conley sucks because Mike Conley's an awesome dude and he's fabulous and he's the fab the thread that holds the fabric together. Um, but on the other end, like getting a future first-round draft pick for the well-being of the, I think universally is agreed upon, at least in the organization, that that's, that's the right move to make as much as it sucks. But trading Kelly Olenek just to get rid of Kelly Olenek for two second-round draft picks and Jordan Clarkson for is was not, and they didn't do it. So I think that's interesting. Hi, David. I noticed uh, you're usually an optimist when it comes to the Jazz. Is this just your personality, or is there another reason that we don't often have negative takes on the jazz organization or players from you. So, I mean, I also got another one said, like, can I trust you and Ryan Smith or boss? This is really up to you. Um, and I actually purposely am addressing it. So this is totally up to you. So I, I actually don't think I'm always an optimist when it comes to jazz. And I don't think the jazz think I'm an opt optimist when it always comes to the jazz. Um, I predicted our offense this year would be like 13th out of 15 in the Western conference. It's the fourth best in the NBA. So, you know, I was pretty wrong on that. Um, there have been, I don't want to like go through the moves that we've made where I don't think I've been particularly optimistic, but if you go back through it, there have been a few where I think I try to explain why we do things. And then when I think, you know, I'm also just not like, actually, if you listen to this show, like it's a lot of energy and a lot of juice, but there's not like, I'm not a big gavel. That's the worst move ever. I'm also like, that's not the, I mean, the Rudy trade was ridiculous. Like, oh my God, we got what? But it was also hard. Like, I think I felt the f same pain as you felt at the same time um, because of how much we love Rudy. And the Donovan trade was like the same thing. Um, I don't have an answer for it. You have to decide whether you think the information that I give you on a daily basis with my insight, my expertise, and my knowledge is worthwhile for you. Gives you enough information for you to make your own opinions. That's really what I'm hoping to do. I try to tell you where I think, what I think on it. And, um, you know, whether the data and analytics that I use is actually helpful to you. 
And you have to just decide or whether you think I'm totally full of crap and then I hope you're smart enough that you hear me say something and decide you're totally full of crap. I will say just fundamentally on this, and actually I think locked on this is a little bit of a locked on philosophy uh, universally across the network. Like if you're a fan of a team and you invest as much time as you do to listen to this podcast and to follow your team, like the hours, like I'm going to guess you listen to this show three or four times a week. That's two hours. You watch two or three games a week. That's six hours. So we're at eight hours. You read and do other stuff and talk about it. You're spending 12 to 10 to 14 hours a week on being a Jazz fan. Like legitimate time where that's... I don't think you really want to be told that being a Jazz fan is stupid because the organization sucks. That's just like a locked-on philosophy. Because you know what? Most of these organizations, 99% of them, are being run by really, really smart people doing the best job they possibly can do. Now, in some circumstances, some are better than others. Like... I'm surprised at what San Antonio for Jakob Pertl got from Toronto. Okay, Masai Ujiri is really, really smart in Toronto. Like, I'm not going to be doing lockdown Raptors today. I can't believe it. We suck. That's terrible. Like, he's won a championship. He tried for quite – like, he – there clearly is a reason why they just paid so much for Jakob Pertl. Maybe somebody else, two other – maybe the Clippers who traded for Mason Plumley were also bidding for Jakob Pertl. And that – so, therefore, that – like, look at other teams that traded for a center – and maybe you know Denver was who traded for Thomas Bryant, oh, and and the Clippers who traded for Mason Plumlee, all wanted Jakob Pertl, and so there were suddenly three teams bidding for it, and and Masai Ujiri decided, you know what, like I want Jakob Pertl, like he's gonna he's the guy we want, we're gonna resign him, we're gonna have him for the next five years, if we don't get a draft pick, that's fine. Okay, well then like he thought it out, like and if I was doing lockdown, I I, I think the Spurs got a killing for that, but does that mean Masai Ujiri is an idiot? No, it just means that the market just did that um, strangely. Like, I'm a little surprised at what New York paid for Josh Hart, who's not shooting the ball at all, like, who's kind of got the yips from three. Really surprised by that. Like, okay, well, you know what? Like, I think they're smart. Like, I think. I'm not – like, the Knicks, I'm not as certain. They don't have a track record of that. Like, they've not traded now for Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine because they like Quentin Grimes. Like, seems weird. Um, But we'll see. So, I don't know. You can decide. It was really the best way. I I have faith in you. I believe in the James Madison, Madisonian marketplace of ideas. I'll throw the ideas and the thoughts out there. You evaluate what you want. If I see something that's just stupid, I'll call you on it, though. Like, that's kind of my other rule. Like, if I see stuff that's just stupid, like, I saw one from a guy I really like that the Lakers will be able to use Jared Vanderbilt in a defensive manner that's far superior than what the Jazz did. I just text him, like, what the f*** is that? Like, just you throwing Will Hardy under the bus for what? Like, how did he misuse Jared Vanderbilt? He switched with him defensively? Like, the dude's super skinny, doesn't take up any space, and isn't a very good rim protector, so you can play him drop? No. Come on. So stuff like that will call someone on. And is that being a homer? Maybe. Um, how does the front office handle the situation with Will Hardy where the moves we made decimated, seems strong, Team 49, that will lead to him losing a lot of games, possible, uh, and hurt his record along with eliminating any chance for a playoff run. So I, decimated seems like a hard word, but I like it. It's a good word. I like words. This is a great question. And this is where the organization is in line together. Like, is Will Hardy sitting there this morning thinking, getting ready for this game thinking, boy, it'd be really nice to have Mike Conley. Yeah. He is. Uh does he also understand that unquestionably the right thing for the organization to do was to go get an un, a, a lightly protected first-round draft pick from Mike Conley along with the other pieces? Yeah, he gets it. 
Does it make coaching easier today? No, but he's in line. He knows what Justin's doing. He knows what Danny's doing. He knows what Dave Fisdale, assistant general manager, is doing. He, he knows what they're doing. He's in the conversations. He's involved. It's a great question. Does it make his job hard? No. Like, I mean, does it make his job easy? No. Like, he's got – this is why he gets paid. This is what the money's for uh, at this point. And it's hard. And it's going to be – and I think winning games is going to be difficult for us uh, here for a little while. I, I, I just – we'll see. We just have had a hard time closing games without Mike, and our wins are a little thin if you actually look back at them. What a weekend is ahead. The Super Bowl is here, and I've got an opportunity for you that you want to make sure that you can take advantage of. It's FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook Super Bowl deal, the no-sweat first bet. Download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will win, who will score a touchdown. Talk about all the fun things you can do during the Super Bowl, commercials, all the rest. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid instantly. It is the no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. And the no-sweat first bet, you heard it right, $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, you know what? I think it would be kind of fun. Thanks for making Locked on Jazz your first listen today. And for your second listen, I would just go listen to either. I would go listen to um, any of the teams that made trades. I'm just going to leave it up to you today. All right, let's have a little fun here. Um, I I think winning is going to be hard. There's a fun website called Tankathon. I don't think Minnesota is actually going to go take big jumps right now. So you can hit. There's a website called Tankathon. It has the It's beautiful because it just comes up immediately. So. Right now, we're in the 12th slot for our draft pick, and Minnesota's in the 16th slot. And we're going to end up with Philadelphia's pick, which is in the 27th slot. So here's the beautiful thing. You go to tankathon.com, and you hit Sim Lottery. And in the beginning, our third segment, which is right now, this show, every day, we're going to do this for the rest of the year. So here we go. And the Utah Jazz end up with the 15th, the 16th, and the 27th pick. So we did not move at all. The lottery winner is the Houston Rockets, end up with Victor Wembanyama. San Antonio ends up second, moving up a spot. Detroit third, Indiana four, and Charlotte five on our first ever edition. San Antonio, by the way, has lost 10 straight. They're working hard. Houston's lost four straight, and Detroit's lost three straight, and Charlotte's lost five straight. There's going to be some real losing going on here, um, coming up here. So, there it is. Our first ever Tankathon. You can keep track at home. 12, 16, and 27 for our first one ever uh, that we're doing on the program today. All right. I don't know if that'll be fun or not, but I just thought with every, all these questions. And and I do think, you know, it'll be worth, worth keeping an eye on. And if there is any value to what we experience here, um, then maybe that's worth it. Uh, all right. Let's go back to Ask LOJ questions today. Uh, do you think there's a reason that Danny Ainge has positioned the Jazz to have so much cap space for the offseason? Like, if there's a reason a specific player, I don't think so. Do I think there's a reason in the sense of that it just gives you awesome flexibility, allows you to add players, 
um, lets you go find guys you want. Yeah. I mean, I think it gives us, it puts us in a really good situation. Your worst case scenario in the situation you do what San Antonio just did, which is you can take on people's money and just grab a bunch of assets for taking on people's money um, late in the process. And I think that's, um, I think that, you know, that's your worst case scenario along the way. Uh, all right. If we were going to tear it all down, then why did we wait until the trade deadline? Didn't Beasley and Vando have more value in the first month of the season? And why has the value of the first-round picks gone up uh, by so much recently? So, um, great questions, Jingles. Uh, one, I'm not sure that Vando and Beasley had more value early. I mean, frankly, the Jazz did talk to the Lakers an awful lot for the two first-round draft picks. I think that actually might have been a Conley, Boyan, Beasley deal. And the Lakers didn't take it, right? Like, I mean, that's actually what dictates the market is the Lakers didn't take it. Um, surprisingly, and probably mistake on the Lakers' part to not take it, frankly, um, and probably should have taken it, but they didn't. So I think that dictates a little bit of what the market is. They're one of the few people who had that many picks. Why have first-round picks gone up? Um, it does seem as though well, the Gobert trades had a massive impact, but so is the Donovan and the Durant trade. Like, it, and, and so... You're holding your first-round draft picks now for trades to for so that you can make them to go get players that are Kevin Durant. And I'm not sure I actually love this deal for Phoenix. I mean, I think they might win him a championship, so it's probably worth it. But, boy, they just gave up four unprotected first-round picks for a guy who's 35 that's coming off still has an Achilles behind him whose legs are might be failing him. Like, there was a there's a bigger risk to that trade than I was talking. Now, I also think they're the favorite in the West at this point, so maybe that makes it totally worth it. Why do you think the Jazz... Best use of cap space this offseason. Signing an up-and-coming player, re-signing JC, or um, absorbing some large contracts. I mean, you get it, uh, Elijah. You understand the the options there. Um, you know, I think... I've said this about Danny. This is my vibe when I analyze Danny's moves over the years. Like, there's some teams that have, like... And I think Dennis Lindsay was probably in this. Like, this really, really specific plan to what you're trying to build and what you're trying to do. Um... And you're going to do this step A to step B to step C to step... I, I, I think Danny is about being... Having the optionality to act when the time comes. And then he just is not giving in on any deals. Like, he's just not going to go give away Kelly Olenek or Jordan Clarkson for, for nothing. It's just not who he is. I mean, Justin Zanuck's doing just an incredible amount of work and is on top of all these things here and just put out, you know, incredible effort and was great this week. Um, but... I think Danny is kind of the final say in a lot of this stuff with Ryan. And that's kind of, to me, the Danny signature at this point. Other than Westbrook, is there a chance others are bought out? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Maybe you can absorb, uh, also touch on the rules of a buyout. So the buyout rules are just simply that the Jazz can have to negotiate the rest of the contract with that player, buy him out, wave him, and then he can go he can go sign for another team. You're still hit with a cap impact. It's not it doesn't reduce your cap in any way. Who's the glue now? Great question. You always say that uh Conley was the glue holding this team together. And what is it now? Um I think this is now Lowry Markinen's team. And so this is really, really important. And maybe this is actually the perfect spot to like end today's show. This this is now Lowry Markkinen's, um, I There's one more question. Don't worry, I'm going to. Two more because people want it. Uh, this is now Lowry's show. 
And this is Lowry's beginning to try to be a leader and add this aspect to his career in the next. And how does he handle this burden and how does he get frustrated and how does he deal with all these I think are really important. Um, do you think Jordan re-signs? Uh, and if he's on board, do you think the organization re-signs him? So I do. I mean, I think the Jazz did not trade Jordan a little bit because they're trying that they hope he'll stay. The teams that have cap space in the offseason are not teams. They're really they're the bottom. They're Orlando, San Antonio, Detroit, Houston. So unless he wants to go to Houston or one of those cities specifically to be in that city, this is probably as good a situation for him. Um, the market and the money for him is probably pretty well set. It's probably a little less than than I think maybe Jordan and his agent want it to be in the sense of the fact that you're, you know, you're dealing with a 20-point-a-game scorer now. Um, but the fact is there's just not that much cap space out there in other places unless he's unless he wants to go take Houston's cap space and go play for Houston. And Houston has some reasons why they may not want to lose anymore. So um, with draft picks, but I, I think there's a real chance Jordan ends up uh, coming back. Do you think uh, the improved development of Lonnie, the Jazz improved, let's see, the Jazz improved the development of Lowry and Walker by keeping Conley until the deadline. Was that worth it for the 2023 pick? So in other words, we didn't flat out tank. Yeah, You really, I mean, really the question is Mike, you know, Mike's value. Um, I don't know that we, we could have all out tanked with the amount of roster we have. I think though we could have, a, you know, we're pretty thin right now. Um, I mean, this, this exact, you're always asking questions. This really just comes down to, again, the same question of kind of, um, of what you're, of whether you think we should have tanked or not. All right. The final question is if you could put peanut butter with anything not named jelly, what would it be and why? I'll let you guys discuss. I frankly am allergic to nuts, so I'm not doing any of that. That is Locked on Jazz today. Have a great one. Thanks very much. It's your team every day.